Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles, including Treasonable Studios with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week. He is a comedian, TV writer, and meme creator extraordinaire. It's funny, uh, not maybe half an hour after I had sent him an invite to join us on the show this weekend someone commented on one of my facebook posts with a picture of one of his facebook posts so it is it is kismet uh, it is many things whatever it is it is a pleasure to have him back on the show ladies and gentlemen josh greenberg welcome hey thank you for having me thank it's you for fun. joining yeah it's 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 been too long uh you know that's that is one thing that you know we are spread out all over la and anyone who has ever lived in the city knows what a pain in the ass it is to get from one part of the city to another. I, I once uh, years ago when living in Hollywood was dating a girl who lived on the West side and it felt more like a long distance relationship than when I was dating a girl who lived in New York. So uh, it, it is, uh, you know, one, one good thing about the pandemic, it, it's a little easier to get folks together uh via via skype as we're doing these days but uh josh welcome also joining us via skype and she will be in new york performing her one woman show once upon a kidney this october at the united solo theater festival always a pleasure to have her with us and dressed up for the occasion in a tuxedo t-shirt ladies and gentlemen amy witchery welcome thank you thank you nice to be back guys good to see you (laughs) likewise and yeah i i just quite sartorial it you know i remember last time uh, you were on the show uh you you wound up doing it with your camera off because saturday morning at home who yep. wants to be camera ready so even even more appreciated that you went over the top there's a bra and mascara on so that's kind of a record for the pandemic so nice far, so yeah, I, I think that officially because of that, we can now bill ourselves as an inspirational show. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. Sweet. That'll that'll just open up a whole new market to us. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you just heard him laughing in the background. And as always, it is a pleasure to have him with us. We are joined by comedian, scholar and the black voice of reason. Ladies and gentlemen, a big welcome to Mr. Time and Ship. Uh, power to the people. Good to be here, Dave. Uh, another battle in our world. Another battle. We <laughs> stay, you know, trying to stay ahead of the, the head of the curve, as they say. Well, you knew you knew there were going to be more battles. They say that uh, most accidents happen five miles from home, if not in the home. So, with a lot more people just being at home these days. Even if the accidents aren't happening in our own homes, there are battles and accidents aplenty. Speaking of, way out of bounds of where we usually go, but uh, sending get well wishes to to Joey Pants. Uh, Character actor Joe Pantoliano was hit by a car while he was taking a walk. Yeah, there was, it's very uh, Rube Goldberg, but there was a car accident one of the cars came skidding off the accident, hit him, threw him into a fence. Uh, oh, so man, no. apparently some chest pain, big gash on the head, but he is at oh. home recovering 
And uh, so uh, big, uh, big shout out to, to Joey Pants. Hoping he's, he's feeling better. Uh, very he soon. just did the uh, Goonies uh, reunion via Zoom a couple days ago. Wow! I don't know if you saw that. I, I didn't. To get I, everyone together, including you know Steven Spielberg and yeah, yeah, that's right. They did. Yeah, Cindy Lauper. Wow, Josh Brolin uh, apparently not visiting the folks. <laughs> <laughs> Got in a little bit of right. trouble for that last week. <laughs> So it goes, well, hopefully you're all staying safe and we will be talking about safety and so much more. But first, a message from our sponsors, Community Spread. It's morning in America and people are waking up to the great taste of Community Spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's Community Spread. But you've already taken a out of it what are you smooth down there try it whoa that's sick but what's in it what's in community spread we're still waiting for the cdc to let us know well it's deli- wait did he just say the cdc that's right community spread available at actually i don't know where i got it no but seriously back to that cdc thing and it's not just for toast pancakes waffles sandwiches why there's no telling where it'll show up Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. Big thanks to our sponsors at Community Spread. Also to Kat Alvarado and Connor McIntyre for providing additional voice work on that. So thanks to them. Uh, maybe not something you would put Community Spread on, but meat has been in the news this week. And if you haven't been keeping track, well, welcome to the show. But if you haven't been keeping track of what's been going on this week, uh, apparently we've we've seen meatpacking plants in Iowa and South Dakota emerge as just festering petri dishes for the spread of the coronavirus, and it is threatening the food supply chain uh, in America. And not just for meat eaters, you know, it's someone, one of my friends who's worked in the restaurant industry pointed out on Facebook this week that if, if there is less meat, the carnivores are still going to be eating other stuff. So they may venture into the world of vegetables, who knows, but it is, it is largely going to affect the entire food chain. So even though the government isn't supposed to be in the business of, of picking winners and losers uh, when it comes to straight up commerce, Trump issued a decree this week declaring that the meat plants shall remain open. And at first I, I was just wondering if he thought there were any meat plants besides Venus fly traps. Uh, of course there is the, the pitcher plant, other carnivorous plants, but uh, I figured, you know, someone probably explained that to him. And so great. Uh, the, the food supply will remain uh, relatively safe. Not remaining so safe, however, are the folks who actually work in these plants. And if you've been watching Rachel Maddow this week, uh, really the past couple of weeks, she's kind of been 
following in the uh, NBC branding uh, rather than wondering where in the world Matt Lauer is because we don't do that anymore. Uh, she's wondering where where the CDC went because whereas they used to issue strong uh, guidance and you know come down with actual rules now they're just sort of suggesting stuff yeah and it, it, i i don't know about you guys I, I know when i was in high school uh we had to read upton sinclair's the jungle uh mm-hmm. which you know talks a lot about uh, uh labor but it specifically talks about the the horrendous conditions in the the meatpacking industry and how you know before this this book raised so many issues and we did get some modicum of safety on on the production lines you you didn't really know what or who was winding up in your meat products and i you know i think that is that is something that you know we we definitely need to look at one of the other issues that i think comes up as part of this is Throughout the past two months, we have seen this administration and mostly Republican governors using the pandemic as an excuse to continue decimating voting rights. They've they've used it to lash out against abortion. And with him determining that the meat plants need to stay open, I I'm almost concerned that we're gonna we're gonna start falling back into child labor and people you know people who i've floated this to over the past week have said well that's that's ridiculous you know you're being hyperbolic but i i pulled up a, a couple quotes from the president in the past that i think support my belief i hate the children and we're going to get those miners back to work i'll tell you what we're going to get those miners back to work so i mean the evidence is all there well you know dave it's it's amazing that they don't i mean because you know a lot of immigrants are working in those factories they Mm -hmm. say they don't want immigrants but you got immigrants working in those factories you're talking 1100 people 1300 people and they're talking oh well you know we don't want to screw this up so we're going to leave this open and tyson chicken even came out and said look we want to close this shit they know it's not safe we're not prepared to do this. And the Trump comes out, like you said, why are you getting involved in this? Because this is, has really nothing to do with you. But you're going to get involved. And then you're, you know, these people are dying. They're at, they're, I mean, and they, you know, for all the folks who are complaining, saying, hey, you know, we shouldn't do that. You know, we, we got to get back to work. They're not going to be anybody around. You're going to kill the nurses. The nurses, listen to the very people who are on the front line. They're telling you, stay the fuck home. I don't care what you got to do to eat, but do not come out because this shit is real. Well, I think, it, you know, that potential potential campaign slogan uh, or, or at least something that, you know, Joe Biden can do uh, to just point out what's going on. Uh, I don't have the actual numbers, but I do believe I, I think I am being factually correct when I say that at this point. Donald Trump is responsible for the deaths of more nurses than Ted Bundy and Richard Speck put together. <laughs> well, I mean, if you wanted to weigh the, okay, who, who blew up the FBI building? 
Oh, uh, McVeigh, Timothy McVeigh. Okay, okay. Now you saw that. That was just one day. Bam, blew up. This guy has it. Well, when this is when we finally get going and, and get it down, he's gonna hit a hundred thousand on his on his hands because of the way he handled this whole situation. Donald Trump will go down. This would this the family, all of them, every fucker who was who signed on to this guy, they're going down. Because you cannot keep this up. This is not a guy. I went and got tested yesterday. I drove up to Palmdale. Yes. On wow. my day off, I drove up to Palmdale. I said, hey, let me go and check, get get checked for this shit. Because, you know, Garcetti said anybody wants to get checked can get checked. Doesn't matter if you got show symptoms or not. Go up and get checked. And I think we should. I think we ought to get involved and go out there and, and, and do something and, and, and get checked. I haven't got my results back yet, but, you know, go and get checked. Because this is serious. And we got these people bitching about because they can't go to the beach. Fuck you guys and your damn beach. I love the beach too. You know, but shit. Like the, like the lady said in her poem, you know, you are free to stretch your hands. But when your hand slaps me in my mouth, God damn it, now you ain't free no more. Fuck you. <laughs> you're not free. You know, you're free until you hit me. I, okay? I need and to go to more poetry readings. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. And I, as a result of people crowding the beaches in Orange County last week, the governor, Governor Gavin Newsom, laid down the law and said, basically said, this is why we can't have nice things. Right. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people in San Francisco blaming Los Angeles residents for that. And I, <laughs> I keep stepping in going, uh, excuse me, it's technically not Los Angeles. It's my, uh, you know, defensive nature to defend, uh, you know, the city well, of Los Angeles. And I, I think maybe, you know, okay. because this has been a rivalry that's gone on for years in in the worlds of sports, culture, what have you. Maybe, maybe this is, I, I feel so Pollyanna, maybe it's just the caffeine, but maybe this is, this is the kumbaya moment for, for LA and San Francisco. We can put aside our differences and get together in our mutual hatred of Orange County. <laughs> it's going to happen. I don't know. They keep, look, I mean, to me, they, they keep trying to make it a liberal and Republican type of thing. But as I've said to you many times, they, what about humanity? Their humanity has to take over eventually, and it's not about Republican and Democrat. Motherfucker, do you want to live? You know, you cannot just go out and go willy-nilly. If you're seeing people die, and they break, I, I like the fact that Blue Dot, I don't know if you heard about this company, Blue Dot, they're the, they're the Canadian company that figured out how to know where the stuff is spreading. So basically, the ping off of your cell phone, they knew about Wuhan, and they went from the people in Wuhan and watched them travel because they got the the the, uh, the the data from the from the airlines and they knew exactly where the virus was going, and they stay, and they pointed. It's really cool. Then that's what Gavin Newsom hired those guys to do the same thing for L.A. and hmm. they are on top of it. That's why we know where shit is, and they're going to eventually find out. We're actually ahead of the curve, but we're not there yet. And I, I, I congratulate him for what he's doing. I, I, they can be pissed all they want. You know, I don't want to go to my job. I'm, I'm happy I have a job, but I don't want to go and be around criminals and, and whatnot. But, you know, it is. But, hey, I, you try as much as you try to protect yourself and spray down everything and wipe everything and 
you know, you can't find, you cannot find Lysol spray nowhere. Mm. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. You can't find Lysol. You know, I enjoy shopping at Vons, uh, for anyone who's heard my stand-up uh, may know. And I, I was there just the other day. They've been running this Monopoly promotion. And, um, you know, in, in um, the... I, I have gotten coupons for Lysol, for toilet paper. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, they may as well just give me like 50 cents off caviar because I'm not going to be able to get that at Vons either. You know what else there's a weird shortage of? I don't know if you've read about this. is flour because um, people, when they get, you know, panicked, they bake. You know, yeah. at least white people do. Um, so, <laughs> like people who used to bake something monthly now bake weekly. People who used to bake weekly now bake daily. Yeah. And there's just this massive run on flour. It's really strange. Yeah. Well, everybody makes a lot of comfort food when they're sitting in. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I, I, I bought a 50 pound bag at Smart and Final whoa. because that was all that was available. And then she broke it down into like, I think, I don't know, 12, I don't know how many pounds a piece or whatever. But yeah, she had to break it all down. She came in with a 50 pound bag. Wow. Jeez. I, yeah, I, I misread the signals early. And rather than baking, I've just been getting baked. And <laughs> honestly, you know, before this whole pandemic started, and I, I should look into this, but I don't, I don't know if you guys saw it. Yeah, there were a lot of stories about a, a glut of marijuana because there were all these growers, but because the infrastructure uh, for, for setting up stores once it was legalized wasn't fully in place. California, like uh, I think Colorado and Washington, also had similar problems. We were producing way more weed than we could sell uh, legally anyway. So maybe, you know, I wonder if this has been cutting into our uh, strategic stores of of medical and recreational grade marijuana. Who knows? And and guess who's smoking the most? I think it's my neighbor. Uh, ages 45 <laughs> to 75 are smoking the most weed. Wow. Everybody, yeah, I mean, it's like, well, but they're, but they're the ones that are going to work. And they're the ones dealing with the retirement and everything else. They got the aches and the pains. That, you, that young fucker ain't got nothing going on. Well, he don't even want to work. But that guy that's been working his ass off, and that woman that's been working for who knows how long and taking care of kids, she needs a little toke every now and then to get over her shit. Well, yeah, like, and oh, especially goddamn. Con- considering <laughs> yeah, yeah. the number of uh, a number of deaths, but also just concentration of the coronavirus outbreak in nursing homes. Hell yeah, let let grandma and grandpa smoke a spliff. I mean, <laughs> they they deserve it. Yeah, if they if they truly are the greatest generation, let's give them some props. Yeah. Yeah, I you know I I think when you when you and I, I really think they need to uh, really break down the um, when you're looking at the nursing homes and and all the things that they're going through. I mean, they that's definitely where you got to start at because the nurses that are taking care of the of the people as well as the people themselves, man, they're under they're under a lot of stress and they're getting hit with it and and but. Everybody, like I said, didn't you look at Orange County complaints? I need to go to work. I need a haircut. Or the, the, the killer part that I heard, I don't know if you guys saw it. Man, this is like slavery. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> really? Oh, now we're using slavery now? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, Masa don't want him. I don't know if Masa gonna come out and hit you with a whip yet. But I'll beat your ass. <laughs> Give me a whip. I'll beat the fuck out of you right now. Like slavery. Get out of here. You spit out you've been locked up in your house for two funky ass months. And you're complaining because you can't have a haircut or I haven't had to sh- I can't shave or you've seen worse. I'm sorry. We were a bunch of bitches, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, wait excuse now, my friend. What? Yeah, excuse my French. I said let that said that. You know, I would you know what I meant. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I'm not talking to you. You know I'm I'm talking about men. Quit complaining. You're acting like, you know. Find a new word a, choice, Timon. All right, fine. I'll find a new word. I'm sorry. All right. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Never- put my nuts in the vice. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. Yep. do doing I our part to keep everyone woke. That's yeah. how we roll. Well, you know, we're talking about the folks protesting uh, about the beaches in California. There was, I actually saw something online this week uh, in Florida. There's a lawyer who dressed up as the Grim Reaper and, yeah. and went to the beach there and was, was interviewed on air, on TV. It, it was sort of glorious. <laughs> Honestly, it reminded me of the first Lollapalooza. Uh, seeing a bunch of goths who'd never spent a summer day outside in full makeup and and all their their black goth wear basically by 3 p.m they they all looked like they were melting and that could have been the makeup could have been the acid i don't know at this point i'm really not that worried about it anymore but we were talking about all the protests and of course one of the bigger protests to to make the news this week was in Michigan, where we saw a bunch of these whiny white people, uh, mostly men, mostly armed. Watch it, Dave. Watch it. Watch it. She, she's watching. Watch they don't, they don't watch know where I say. live. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> by the time they figure it out, gas prices will be back up to astronomical, and they won't be able to make it out to California anyway. So, but. Uh, yeah, they're you know they're they're protesting uh, uh, against Governor Gretchen Whitmer, and I'm pretty sure it's not because of the coronavirus so much as it's about uh, the fact that she's a Democrat and and more specifically the fact that she's she's a woman. Amy, being a woman, oh right, <laughs> your your thoughts on this. <laughs> Good. Yes. Yeah. Get the woman's feel on the woman's thought. Oh, critical. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, of course it is. Of course, that's a piece of it. I mean, it's the combination. It's a female and a Democrat. I mean, obviously bring your guns to the front steps. I mean, I think that's the logical conclusion that they would draw um, for sure. That'd be the, the automatic go to on there. Yep. Yeah. It's a combination for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I my, my, uh, you know, you can go. This, this is this is also. You can add racism involved in this because let me tell you, you cannot. Like I said, a white man and a gun. That shit's been going on for years. And the fact that you're bothered by a governor who's trying to save your life, and yes, because she's a woman, they don't want women in office. And the fact that she is governor of that state, she won clearly, and she put her foot down and said, "Fuck you guys." I am going to make sure that these people become safe because Detroit, if you're going to bitch, why haven't you bitched about Flint, Michigan that has bad water? 
They have fucking brown water. I don't see your guns for that. You want to bitch about Michigan? Bitch about, uh, you know, Detroit, where you have a high-ass death rate. Black folks die like a motherfucker, but you ain't said shit, you know? Where's your guns for that? But you're mad because you can't go get a haircut? Shut your punk ass up. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. You're not, you're not dealing with anything, man. Come on. This is some bullshit. You know, I, I, you, you, you see what's going on, and this is, and the Trump is out saying, liberate. Liberate them. Just liberate what? <laughs> okay, because if everybody else showed up with some guns, I guarantee you, and you saw them yelling at the cops. The cops have masks on. They have to do their job. There is no social distancing. You don't know who's going to end up catching something. These people are out of control. But yet, that's where the news was. And hey, I'm with the governor. You know, we're going to, I'm telling you, we're going to hit 100,000 before you know it. We're already at 61,000. You know, we got more than that has died in Vietnam. It's gone, you know, you got to. I can't believe folks are sitting there complaining about that. Well, you, you know, yeah, you got you mentioned the racist aspect to the uh, to the protest there, and I'm guessing the the conservative response would be to that. Well, they're they're not racist. The governor's white, and they're they're protesting her. But there, you know, you're seeing a lot of Confederate flags, and I, I wish I had written down who yes. who it was. But uh, someone explained that was just Michiganders defending their their rich Southern heritage. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. In a lot of denim shorts and weird uh, flag tank top shirts with well, patchy arm hair and a whole lot of white privilege and racism all yeah. smacked in there. Yeah. yeah, well, there also was people walking around with nooses and there also was some swastikas around too. So they can take, they don't know what the fuck they want to do. They don't know. Yeah, they're, they're bitching. It's it's interesting just to see, you know, because as it's been said many times throughout this, the, the virus doesn't know politics. The virus doesn't know geography. You know, when uh, the governor of Mississippi uh, a few weeks ago was saying there wasn't going to be a lockdown because we are not China, try and explain that to the virus. It's not going to work because the virus doesn't know geography. It doesn't know politics. But if you look if, if you do a political breakdown and you look at what each side is, is calling an overreaction of the other side, you got to wonder what is behind that quote unquote overreaction. Now on the, on the democratic side and using Michigan as an, as an example, we're seeing people being overly cautious uh, that they're extending uh, lockdowns. You know, it's it's basically being done if if you don't take into mind the conspiracy theories, which I normally try not to, but it is ostensibly being done to keep people safe, to help s- slow down the spread of the disease. Meanwhile, overreactions on the right, uh, you're seeing folks assembling without protection with guns you're seeing you're seeing alex jones talking about eating his neighbors <laughs> i i i i'm not saying you you need to lean on the overreactions to get a clear picture of where either side is coming from but if you do use that as your measuring stick i'm i'm 
more than a little more comfortable with the the democratic overreaction. Yeah. Well, that's the one that's you know rooted in science. You know, <laughs> if, if we if if we listen to the you know the the people who have actually done the research, they say we need to stick with this for a while. And I would I would much rather you know be on that side than the side that's clutching their guns and trying to storm the, the state house. Well, I mean, what is the problem with what? What's wrong? I mean, what's their? What is their problem with with science? Why can't we? Why is education such a problem that they don't want you to have knowledge? That this, this, you know, that you cannot. We should not follow what a doctor says. They're telling you that it's coming. Oh, that's not true. Don't believe it. You know. Oh, you're an elitist if you if you read a book. Well, that's, on, I think that's what it comes down to. We've talked about this on the show before. It's it's the whole notion of you think you're better than me. Which I, you know, I lived in Missouri for eight years, and and I heard that often, and quickly learned that uh, people do not like the response. No, I don't think I'm better than you. I know I'm better than you. <laughs> I mean, it, it, and that's where the ignorance and arrogance runs in in our society. You know, that's a societal thing, and they've perpetuated it for years. And for them, for people to allow folks to to you know let. Because what's next, Honey Boo Boo? I mean, come on. They're gonna, it, 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 there are more people who'd rather be sitting around watching Honey Boo Boo than, than, you know, than finding, going to read a book or maybe taking their kids out to do some things that are more educational, you know, instead of watching conflict on television. We're not, no one's trying to do all of that. I mean, and, and the fact that Fauci and Burks have to sit there and watch what they say because they don't want to insult this idiot. I mean, come on. We were expecting them to speak. I want to hear from them because they have the knowledge that we actually need. Well, one one group that won't be hearing from Dr. Fauci is is the House of Representatives because they asked him to come in and testify about allocations and you know everything the government is doing in response to the coronavirus. And the White House uh, is not going to let him testify in the House. Uh, apparently. The doctor does not make house calls. Hey, oh, uh, <laughs> which now they they said he can't do it because he's too busy. However, I understand he is scheduled to testify in front of the Republican controlled Senate. And I'm I'm guessing you're you're going to get a lot of, you know, jacketless Jim Jordan style accusals uh, of of dr fauci uh, and really medical experts experts in general when when he does testify in in front of the senate but yeah i think you know where we we do have a problem that the the true experts are being sidelined i mentioned uh rachel maddow's thing on the cdc earlier when this whole thing started we did have daily briefings from the cdc but Apparently the you know there was there was a lot of bad news involved there and so got to protect well, America I, from bad news. Well, I watched her last night and she was doing a thing on the different meatpacking companies and how the CDC would come in and do their reports. And there used to be if you got a CDC report, they would tell you exactly what you needed to do to fix what's going on. But now the reports say, well, if you feel like doing that, I mean, we're not going to pressure you, but it's a, it's a thought. Maybe if, if that's what you would like to do, this is what we would say 
would be okay. You know, we're not going to make you do it. Whereas, you know, and every time, you know, so, so they, she used Colorado and, and, um, and South Dakota and, and in South Dakota and in, North, in Colorado and Greeley, they said, the CD said, you should do such and such and such and such. Okay, but when you go to South Dakota, it's, uh, well, it, it, it's suggested that this is what you should do. But you should, you know, you don't like, you, it's up to you, you know. So there was these two letters, and, and Rachel was saying from uh, April 20th to April 24th, how these two messages, you know, these, uh, the, what the CDC was doing, and you had two different things going on here. You know, so she really broke it down. And so there is a problem with the CDC and, and, and how they're enforcing what they normally do. And it's this is all behind the Trumpster. He's they they're they're the ones behind all this. Well, he's he's not, as he has clearly stated on multiple occasions, he he is not responsible for any of this. Mm. Uh <laughs> Speaking, speaking of, of uh, interesting lies coming out of the White House, uh, the, the new press secretary, uh, Kristen McEnany. Uh-huh. Uh, Kaylee. Kaylee, Kay- right. Kaylee, right. Like the yeah. Marillion song. I should know that. Uh, which, like much of what she's saying, the Marillion song hasn't aged so well. Uh, just listened to it last week. Don't know why the strange things we do when we're when we're locked down at home but she pledged that she would not lie to the white house press corps and within 15 minutes uh, the the lies were flowing and i wonder because a, a lot of the people that are protesting these are not owners of small businesses these are not owners of large businesses what they own really none of my business but they they're fond of of the republican mantra that the business of america is business however these businesses of which we speak tend to have employees and when you look at things like trump's declaration opening the meat plants there there are no provisions for the safety of the employees and that's that's the thing that mystifies me is that a lot of these people who are protesting and it's, you know, it's the same in, as far as I can tell, it's the same mentality that leads these people to believe that Trump is actually looking out for them. But, you know, they, they have much more in common with the people who are working the lines and who are getting the shaft from whoever they work for that, you know, employee safety really isn't so much of a concern. Uh, the company has better lawyers than you will ever be able to afford on what we pay you. So we're just going to go ahead and, I mean, we're not fucking with your livelihood. We're just fucking with your life, but you have no recourse legally. And Mitch McConnell is stepping up to make sure that there, there are no, precautions put in place that would protect the employees either from a straight safety basis or from a legal basis once they are physically harmed as a result of these policies there's really no question here i'm just kind of well it's it's sort of the oldest move in the republican playbook which is convince people to vote against their own interests you know (laughs) And it's baffling that it that it worked that it's worked for decades. Yes. But 
you know, here we are. And you see someone holding a, a, a protest sign that said, COVID-19 is a lie while wearing a mask. <laughs> and you just, uh, so it, 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 it makes me so mad. But yeah, uh, yeah but it's, it's such an amazing uh, and effective strategy. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they did the same thing with civil rights. I mean, they, they fought against it. They spoke out against it. Well, it's like, it's to help you, idiot. Well, it's, you know, it's the old Lyndon Johnson quote that, you know, we've mentioned many times on this show is if if you can convince the lowliest white man that he's he's better than any black man, uh, not only can you pick his pocket, but he will empty his pockets for you. And Josh, you mentioned the the irony of these people, you know, saying COVID-19 is a hoax while wearing face masks. The, the Trump campaign this week started selling uh, Make America Great uh, Again face masks, which I think is absolutely hilarious. The, the one thing, because I, I, when I went to the store the other day and I, you know, I went for a walk because we're allowed to do that, I was, I was fully masked up. But seeing the, the mix of people who do not have masks versus the creativity of some who do, and the one thing that I haven't seen yet, and I'm sure it's a licensing or an expense issue, but really hoping to see by the end of this week, is is masks featuring the alien face hugger from the uh, alien movies. It it seems it seems almost obvious. So why why you should produce those? That's really uh, well. They actually, there's been a guy that did one on Facebook. Oh, yeah. of the face hugger. Yeah, the face right. hugger. Yeah, it looks disgusting too. I, I mean, you know that thing scared the hell out of me. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> no. I, I, I want, want one of those. <laughs> and TikTok also is second about those people holding those signs that also say "My body, my choice." <laughs> right. <laughs> and take a quick like it doesn't it doesn't really track, but I don't. I mean, yeah, my body, my choice. Like, and they don't want to wear a face mask, but. <laughs> When it you know, comes to, I don't know, abortion and a lot of other things. Well, maybe. That, we'll see. We'll I see think, if that still holds up. I, you know, you, you raise a, a great point. We talked about it a little bit on the show last week. And I, I think, you know, I've had, I've had some time to think about this. Maybe, just a thought, modest proposal, if you will. What if we grant people the exceptions to wearing face masks, but first they just have to go through an invasive anal probe because yeah you can't do a vaginal probe on everybody but yeah you know it's it's fine if if they don't want to wear a face mask they just have to go through a medical clearance that involves a, a probe that is medically unnecessary and what the hell let's make them watch a, a graphic video yeah just a thought but one of the other things i was talking about going on my walk the other day I, I am now just operating under the assumption that if you don't wear a mask, it's because you believe that your personality is so repellent that not even the virus would have anything to do with you. <laughs> yeah. Just a couple thoughts. Speaking of wearing masks, we, we saw Vice President uh, Mike Pence, Power of Prayer, <laughs> going, going to visit the Mayo Clinic this week. Where if if you ever you know if you remember the uh, the old Sesame Street one of these things is not like the others one of these things just doesn't belong. If you look at all the pictures from his visit, uh, Mike Pence, the only guy not wearing a mask, and 
the you know the spin coming out of the White House is amazing. He, when asked about this, his first defense was that as as the vice president, he's he's being tested all the time, so he knows he doesn't have it. You know, and which I mean, this is a guy who used faith to when he was governor of Indiana, uh, used faith to to get the state through a, a horrendous pandemic of HIV that was largely uh, being spread through people sharing needles in in the midst of the the whole opioid pandemic. And uh, eventually, when when the power of prayer seemed to be falling short, uh, he did okay a needle exchange, which cut the HIV numbers drastically. Again, going back to what Josh was saying, science, science works. But so Pence was saying, well, he's, he's tested, he's fine with it. And then uh, his pandemic beard, uh, also known as his wife, Karen. <laughs> mother. Mother. Mother, Mother. Uh, she issued a statement saying that he had not been notified that masks were mandatory. Holy moly! Which then uh, the Voice of America reporter from from the the press pool that accompanied him on the visit shared information from a memo that came from the vice president's office saying that when you go to the Mayo Clinic with the vice president. Masks are mandatory per the regulations of the Mayo Clinic. Apparently, this information was in his office, but it didn't get to him. And as a result of this reporter saying, no, this is actually, this this is what we got from the vice president's office. He has now been banned from any uh, vice presidential press junkets. So, you know, the, the, the White House, the VP's office, doing their best to help stop the spread, but of information, not of the coronavirus. <laughs> Didn't he say you wanted to be able to look them in the eye? Yes. Yes, yes. he did. Classic. Classic. Which yeah. I think, Josh, you know, the, uh, I mentioned when I was introducing you that someone commented on, on my mass joke with a picture of your post. I remember uh, I had had the vice president in a leather bondage hood. Were there eye holes in that? Because there were actually eye holes. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it was a pretty so, standard S and M mask from it, his own collection. So. <laughs> <laughs> still, so it still doesn't explain the the no. wanting to be able to look people in the eye. <laughs> no, uh, he is definitely wearing surgical masks incorrectly. <laughs> oh. it, uh, it's, it's it is disturbing and frightening, but uh, yeah, talking about the the needle exchanges, you know, where now this this HIV pandemic in in Indiana was back in 2015. Uh, I've I've been paying a lot of attention to Georgia this week because Georgia's governor Brian Kemp has decided to end the stay at home orders and. To their credit, a lot of people in Georgia said, yeah, fuck that noise. Over 100 restaurants in Atlanta alone are refusing to open. But uh, I, I, I was thinking a lot about the whole needle exchange parallels. And Georgia legalized uh, needle exchanges just last year, like 12 months ago, the beginning of April 2019. And I, I think it's, it's interesting because after 
uh, Governor Kemp got rid of the stay-at-home orders. And this could be because of an uptick in testing, which is now more available, uh, not nearly as available as the White House would like you to think it is. But in just the week since they ended uh, stay-at-home orders, over 1,000 new cases of COVID-19 have been reported in, in Georgia. And I think it'll be really interesting to to use Georgia as sort of a case study of what's going on in America. You know, Tommy, you were, you were talking about people looking at Europe, for example, and a lot of people, especially on the conservative side, are talking about Sweden because Sweden never put a lockdown in place. And while they are looking at reaching herd immunity much sooner than anyone else, they also have more deaths per capita than any of the other countries in Europe that have instituted lockdown orders. But I think one of the other problems when you look at Sweden versus America is that it's it's kind of an apples and oranges situation when you look at their social welfare net and well, their political system in general. Well, I was going to say, Dave, you know, Atlanta having, uh, you know, Georgia having the, the you know a predominantly black, uh, you know, a lot of predominantly black cities. You have two cities there that have black mayors. They are not following what Kemp said. They're not following him at all. As a matter of fact, if you know on social media, a lot of black people are saying, well, why are you opening up everything in our neighborhoods? We're not. The, the word is out. A lot of your black leaders are telling a lot of the you know, black folks in those predominantly black areas, hey, stay your ass at home. And they say it just like that. Stay your ass at home because that's, you know, sometimes you got to talk to people in, in, in a, a particular language that they like get it. Say, look, man, do not come out. We have very high diabetes we have very high high blood pressure and stroke runs in the black community and that's so you have an underlying illness you should not be getting out there so they're i know i'm a, a, you know i have a, a nephew and other friends they're spreading the word they do not come out they're not paying attention to what kim said he can open up whatever the hell he wants they're not following you know, because they said this is not they said because they're paying attention The CDC, you know, is in uh, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That's their place. And they're telling you. So if the CDC is right here and we can see it, you know, and you just said a thousand has went up in, in deaths. Why would we come out? Why would we pay attention? We're going to pay attention to Sunday Gupta, who's on CNN or Don Lemon who's bringing on the different people who's calling Trump on this stuff. Or you're paying attention to what the CDC is saying. But they're not following what the what the governor's saying. They can, you know, have have people like you know. You say you're talking to, to friends and family down there. Have have people in Atlanta, but I guess in the black community at large, which I, you know, I already hate myself for saying that. And we'll talk about De Blasio's uh, message to the Jewish community, quote unquote. But right. uh, have have you heard people evoking memories of Tuskegee? Oh, heck yeah. You know, when when we talked about this last week, the one thing about, and matter of fact, it was Dr. Farrar who brought it up. She said, this will expose the inequalities of our society. This is not nothing new. To do. So what you're seeing happening to people of color, this has been going on 
for years. And it opens up those doors where people say, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know this. And I didn't know. Well, you know now because it's been exposed. So some people don't know what the Tuskegee experiment was. They don't, you know, they don't know uh, about the other different um, diseases and, and experiments and things that were going on in our society that folks do not know about because they don't, either they don't know their history or it's not in history or you have to go dig for it. But yes. I have people, to answer your question, they have been talking about it and bringing it up because they have to continue to, to ingest. And that's why I said this is, uh, you know, built in racism. It's it's there. And people may say, oh, I don't believe that or whatever. That's your, that's your opinion. But you're not going to tell me about it. And it's and if you do your if you do your reading, if you read, you will see. Well, and I think it's it's interesting because, you know, we've we've talked about this on on this show before i honestly did not know about black wall street until you know you and i were talking that wasn't in the history books you know when when i was a kid i'm pretty sure it still isn't and it was you know if you if you watch the the hbo watchmen show uh Mm -hmm. that was prominent plot point right at the beginning of the series and I, you know, I heard an interview with one of the creators of the show where he was saying he hadn't known about it. And there are a lot of people who watched the show didn't know that that was part of history in America until they saw it. And they still thought that it was fictional until someone yeah. said, no, 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 that, that really happened. But I think that that brings up uh, another interesting point that, you know, you look at how short-sighted people are especially with you know short attention spans these days you know you can you can chalk it up to media quibi has has launched which features you know five ten minute shows i've been hearing a lot of pundits saying that the the pandemic and america's response to it is bringing up a lot of old issues having to do with racism having to do with sexism and saying, you know, this is bringing it into light. Right. Do do any of you guys actually believe that that's going to have an effect? I mean, we're we're living under a regime right now where the outrage over any scandal coming out of the White House generally only lasts as long as it takes for them to give us a new scandal. Right. So do, do you guys think that there's any hope of keeping these issues at the forefront of discussion or what can we do to to keep these issues front and center without sounding like you know one note sambas i mean i feel like they're coming perfect timing (laughs) i feel like perhaps with the change of leadership we'll see uh we'll see a just sort of a general tonal shift but right now I feel like everyone is so entrenched. It's quite depressing, actually, to see the, um, you know, the feedback loop from the White House to Fox News uh, getting worse. I think during during this time. So I, d- I don't know. I don't I don't see right now things improving in terms of um, sexism and racism. I feel like uh, if anything, it might be getting worse during this time. Yeah, I, I sadly, I, I I totally agree. Amy, your thoughts? Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I just think it's it's just so depressing on all fronts. You know, I mean, especially with what we have in the leadership, and then with the 
liver spot that is Joe Biden, who might be our choice to get us out of this if the election even happens. Like, I I don't know, guys. It's 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 some dark times. It's some dark times right now from and, and it's just we're yeah, we're we're sad. You know, other other countries now pity us. Yeah. And stuff because of how completely dysfunctional we are. I mean, it's just like, well, you know, shining a bright light on all of our issues you, all over the place. And you do have to give Trump a little bit of credit on that last note, because yes, other countries are pitying us. Uh, but as, as he said, that they're not laughing at us anymore. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. yeah. Didn't, didn't but. think this was going to be the way to go about it. It's funny. Um, Derek Lemos, who's been uh, on the panel before and uh, is also the the host of the Mansplain Yourself podcast, had posted on Facebook this week uh, that you know we we said uh, yeah that that climate change uh, is an issue and you know something needs to be done. So bam, mass forest fires in, in the Amazon. There was another issue he brought up, but basically the the wrap up was how many goddamn fingers are on this monkey's paw? Uh, all these all these things that that people have been asking for are sort of backfiring on us in the in the worst possible ways. And as you know, as you mentioned, it is it is an election year. Uh, Joe Biden is the presumptive nominee, and it's been an interesting week in the presidential race in part because of the beginning, the official beginning of the hunt for a vice president and in maybe less of a pleasant uh, thing to talk about uh, are all the terror read accusations and the, the issues that have come up around those Biden, Biden himself was on morning Joe uh, this, this past week where uh, Mika Brzezinski did her best to make up for not challenging Donald Trump on any of these issues by really uh, holding Biden's feet to the fire. And he maintains that he didn't do anything. He has asked the Senate to open and do a, a full search of past employee records to see if they can find uh, anything related to the complaints which Tara Reid says she filed but the the thing people are are focusing on with that is that biden said uh he he didn't give clearance for his senate archives which i guess he donated to uh the university of delaware doesn't want those opened and uh, you're already seeing people on the right you know, saying, oh, what, what's hidden in there? And I'm pretty sure it's not going to be like a, you know, they're looking for a smoking gun. Like there's there's a Senate diary where, you know, they're going to find a page from 1992 where Biden wrote, finger banged an intern. Woo! You know, uh, it's, it's not going to be there. Why he doesn't want those records opened, I don't know. But I, I think, you know, it's one of those things, you know, the right is going to keep harping on it. So he may as well open them, but make it conditional. Say that I will allow access to these records. And one of the reasons that he stated for why they shouldn't be is that there is sensitive information in there that pertains to work he did in the Senate. So, you know, you have I you find a judge, someone who's impartial that can go through those records, someone with 
the clearance to, to look at sensitive government information, have them put a team together to go through those records and look for anything related to Tara Reid. And he will open this up under these specifications just as soon as Donald Trump releases his tax returns. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> it, you know, it makes sense. I think to, to a degree, it lets him off the hook for not wanting these records to be opened and released willy-nilly. It, it's not like this is anything new. Looking at the White House, especially the, the Department of Justice under, under Bill Barr, uh, where they will selectively release information in order to weaponize it to maintain their hold on power. We saw Barr do it with, with the Mueller report. He's you know still got lawyers in court trying to get rid of Obamacare, even though the Supreme Court ruled against uh, Rubio and a bunch of other folks who are trying to, to make it worse than it could possibly be. But I, you know, with their record, I understand why you wouldn't want to give the Department of Justice under Bill Barr free range to to look through these past records. Well, the the whole thing is troubling in so many ways. I mean, of course, the allegation is horrible. Uh, but also, in addition, these outraged Republicans have not a leg to stand on since. We have a president with, I don't know, something like 27 standing allegations of, you know, various degrees of, of sexual assault, right? So the idea that, uh, you know, this is just, um, you know, horrendous to them, it's, it's just more hypocrisy, you know, and it is a, it is a terrible allegation, of course, but the uh, reaction, you know, from the right is just, uh, it's, it's, it, disingenuous. it's so hypocritical. What? Disingenuous? Yeah, that's the word, yes. I, I do have the best words, occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, your thoughts? I mean, it's, I mean, it, the Republicans are ridiculous when stuff like this comes up, when they've all got, you know, <laughs> a history of, this kind of stuff and that they've paid off. And I just, I mean, it's, I mean, look, it's probably true. He's creepy and disgusting and it will probably not prevent him from, you know, being the democratic presidential candidate. That's, you know, I think it's probably true and it probably won't affect anything. That's, that's kind of how I, that's kind of where I land with it. See, I, I, you know, I have a, I have an issue with, I, I think, we're, we're seeing a lot of this, you know, both sides-ism kind of, oh, well, both sides, you know, it's, they're good people on both sides. They're, they're apparently the, the white militia freaks who stormed the Capitol in Michigan. They're good people. But we're, you know, we're seeing the Republicans try and point to what they're calling the hypocrisy of the allegations against Vice President Biden versus the allegations against <laughs> Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh. Uh, and I, it's in my mind, it's like comparing Sweden and America. There are too many variables. Like, yes, at its base, they, they both involve allegations against powerful men uh, of horrible things. But if you look at the men in 
you know, in specific in these instances, and you look at the accusers in these instances, and if you want to look at Trump at, at the sheer number of accusations, it's completely different. I mean, Biden served in the, the Senate for a long time when granted, you know, Me Too was not a thing. So allegations of this sort were not put under the microscope like they are now. But he he was also the vice president for eight years. And if you don't think he was thoroughly vetted for that, you know, because again, this this was in a time before Trump where, you know, we actually did have campaigns and, and political parties that looked into the candidates that they were running. I think, I'm not saying he shouldn't be again, but he has been vetted for office so many times. Uh, you know, I think... Creepy, plenty of times. Yeah. In interviews with young girls and all sorts of stuff. But I think one victim we're failing to mention is the actress Tara Reid. She's getting swept up in this. She's getting swept up in this and getting headlines that she didn't earn or deserve. And it's yeah, she's there's another victim in all of this. That's that I so think so true, Amy. Give a little bit of of acknowledgement to. So yeah. Well, Josh, you're you're writing for a prominent network sitcom. Do you do you think uh if not you yourself or or the show that you're working on do you think there's there is a place in hollywood to to provide more support to hey let's start writing guest roles for tara reed let her let her show that she's more than you know just american pie and sharknado yes and don't forget uh, her hit film alone in the dark as well um, yeah no i think she's poised for a big comeback after this so yeah fingers crossed um yeah we're gonna see that um because i mean we all know she's a gifted gifted actor so very true some some gifts are the kind that you hope come with a receipt but gifted nonetheless uh speaking of things that uh that we haven't seen in a while kim jong-un uh who we mentioned was he was out of the picture for a while uh there were there were rumors spreading about whether he was dead brain dead brain damaged uh or just on vacation and north korean media first released reports and then after some lag time uh released some photos to prove that he actually is still up and around what i'm wondering is did he see his shadow or not? And if he did, does North Korea get six more weeks of coronavirus? <laughs> I'm often asking, why do we care? I mean, <laughs> why, do, why do we care if this guy who's been starving his people for, for years, his family, one, I'm like, damn, how did you guys even get into where you could control your country like this? Just keep passing it down family to family family member and he's killed all the cousins he's killed the uncles he's killed everybody and why do we give a shit that we want to talk to this guy he's fired off rockets and pretty much every uh you know presidency we've had here you know this guy's been around his family's done it he starved his people we don't what do we get out of it we don't get anything out of talking to him trump walked over into north korea Woo! luckily someone <laughs> didn't trip his ass or hit him with a brick who gives a fuck you know it doesn't care. It doesn't even, you know. And I, we sit and we watch. Okay, is he alive? Is he not alive? Hey, they said the same thing about Bruce Lee. Where's Bruce? 
Shit, Bruce Lee's still alive. I've been looking for Bruce. I wanted to go see him. Yeah, I saw him. I like he, Bruce. he was great in uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I thought he was fantastic yeah. in that. Hey, and hey, Elvis, didn't we say Elvis is still around? Shit, Elvis. Yeah, everyone's always still looking for Elvis. Bubba, Bubba Hotep. Great movie. Bruce Campbell, Ozzie Davis, highly recommend it. Uh, answers a lot of questions about what happened to Elvis. Uh, I do want to backtrack to to the election stuff because one one person we didn't mention, and I'm not so sure we should, is Justin Amash, who made a name for himself when he left the party. He was the, the sole Republican who voted to impeach Donald Trump. Or, was he the only one who voted to impeach? Anyway, he wound up leaving the, the Republican Party over it. And now he announced that he's launched a, an exploratory committee to look into running for president as the libertarian candidate. What do you guys think? There, because there are people, really, there's, I, I think, no one outside of Justin Amash himself is thinking this is a good idea, but there seem to be two schools of thought over whether his candidacy would be more harmful to the Democrats or the Republicans. There's been thought about that, that it would, it would hurt. They thought it would hurt uh, Democrats. If he had, but I think also Romney, to answer your question, they thought Romney was uh, wanted uh, Trump impeached. Uh, he believed in it. So uh, that's why he, but, Amash running as a libertarian, I don't know if it'll really hurt the Democrats because I, I think a lot of Republicans who are who are moderates are going to be jumping ship to go become Democrats because they, they want Trump gone. You know, people don't believe that uh, being presidential means anything. It does. And like you said, they're laughing at us. We were supposed to be a superpower. We're not even supposed to be going through what we're going through. But we, you know... You know, there's somebody, we don't have anybody, you know, running the ship. We don't know who's doing what. So if he runs, I don't, I, I don't think it'll matter. I think they, the people have pretty much made up their mind and, of what they want. You know, they may not want Biden, but they want this idiot gone. That's, that's all they want. It's all I ever hear. They want him gone. Even, sure. though, even though they voted for him, they want him out. Yeah. Well, caveat emptor. Uh, Amy, what do you think? Uh, I just want to go back and say um, I do kind of care what happens in North Korea, just because their whole, you know, capabilities and that's just that ocean distance. So I do care and keep track of the the lunacy that comes out of there and who knows how much is real and what's actually true. But um, I I do care. I do. I do. Well, the reason why I say uh, that we do not – care we've been dealing with this guy for years he has done everything he can obama dealt with him and they put him in his place they put sanctions on him they've been putting sanctions on north korea for years yes we're going to keep our eye on them but i mean everybody's keeping their eye on them but they're not going to let this guy i mean he does things to get out of it but they just put China on him, and China tell him, "Hey, man, calm down." So you guys are you guys are saying that uh, Donald Trump should not get the Nobel Peace Prize for his negotiations <laughs> with uh, with Kim Jong Un? It's noble, N O B L E. I thought that was I thought that was just given to journalists. <laughs> I, I, I thought I think they should do him like they did Charlie Brown on 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 uh, Halloween. Give him a rock. To <laughs> <laughs> the face. Well, yeah. but, uh, but Amy, what do you what do you think about uh, Justin Amash running as a third party candidate? I mean, 
we'll see how far it goes and how much he can actually do. I mean, I don't know. I feel like, it, I don't to be honest, I don't know. I don't know what people are going to do. You know, I don't know if they're going to be, I don't think he's going to be, anyone's going to jump on board where he's going to have a huge impact to it. But will he take people away from, from, from Biden? I don't know. Hillary won the popular vote and still didn't win. So who the fuck knows, you know, like any type of mad math could, and who knows what level of corruption's at play behind all of this too. And if all of the, if the, if the virus is going to keep people from voting and we're going to end up in the exact same position for another four years, like. There's so many. I don't think he. I don't think he's. A, I don't think he's a make or break situation. He might be like a distraction here or there, but I don't think he's going to ultimately be a big piece of it. Josh, what about you? Um, well, I actually am pushing for um, a third candidate. Um, I haven't vetted him very much, but uh, his name is John Edwards. Um, <laughs> I think he might have a shot. So, but, yeah, I, you know, I I think he he has. The, the finger on the pulse of the American people because he can sympathize with their need to get a haircut. Uh, maybe, maybe pay a little right. too much for it. But, you know, one of the, one of the articles that, that I threw in the news briefing for this week that until I found this article, I honestly had no idea, but found it as a result of, of Justin Amash, uh, you know, launching himself as a third party candidate for the Libertarians. I did not know that former Minnesota Governor Jesse Ventura is angling to get the Green Party nomination. Mm. And I, I, I think the, the la- that's actually something that I would be concerned about based on my group of friends and largely comedians in L.A. Seeing the, the overlap in the Venn diagram of people who think that both parties are the same, you know, just like Goofus and Gallant, they are the same because they both appear in the pages of highlights, exactly the same. Uh, But a lot of these people are also big fans of pro wrestling. So on that side of things, it does kind of give me pause to think like, wow, well, if Jesse Ventura is running for, for president, I do know a lot of people that I think would be inclined to vote for him. But the flip side of that is the fact that I found out about his interest in running for president as sort of a side note in an article about Justin Amash doesn't really bode too well uh, for, for the promotional muscle that he may bring to the race. I mean, this is the first I've heard of it actually. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, that does not bode well. Yeah. They don't know that wrestling is not real, right? Well, no. I think I think the bulk <laughs> of the people I know who are into pro wrestling do know that it is uh it is basically a, a gigantic stunt show. Uh I don't think I don't think anyone actually believes in the scripted drama. Well, the reason why I say that Trump was a reality TV host and they voted for him. They said, yeah, what, let's, look, let's look to see what he's And they believed this whole thing about his business sense and what he knew and everything else. And it's just because a guy was, we saw him and we don't want any more politicians. Well, we found out he's not a politician. He's not even a good businessman. And now, I mean, the fact that if, if Jesse DeVentura, and the only thing he has going for him is that, you know, one that, uh, 
you know, he used to be into pro wrestling. And a lot of those people who followed him in pro wrestling and would think to vote for this guy. That's scary, too. Well, yeah, but he was also the governor of Minnesota and he was in Predator. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Good in Predator, too. He was great in Predator. I just watched it again yeah. last week, you know, because coronavirus. Who said I ain't got time to bleed? Was that him? <laughs> that, was, that was him. That was him. Yeah, I ain't got, I ain't got time to bleed. Yeah, that was Jesse. Yeah, I ain't got time to bleed. Yeah. I think, you know, it's just just on the basis that he has previous political experience and the fact that, you know, Minnesota is one of those states that... He could control those guys that had the guns, though. He could control them. Especially if he had that gun that he had in Predator. Yeah. (laughs) Big motherfucker. Imagine showing up with that. Wow. Yeah. There you go. He's one of us. Yeah. Also, I believe, as a side note, Predator, I believe, spawned three U.S. politicians. Schwarzenegger, uh, Jesse Ventura, and I think his name was Sonny, Sonny Barger, the Native American guy from Predator, Oh, no kidding. Was also a senator. Yeah. Really? I didn't know yeah. Sonny was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, and Dave, I did forget, I did forget that, that Jesse was governor of Minnesota. I forgot about that, yeah. Uh, he was, and you know, Should there's we that cast list and decide who we would want to support next. If, is that is that our VP choice? I don't know. Well, if we're gonna if we're gonna go by the cast of of Predator, I got to go with Shane Black uh, because first to die, so he knows when it's time to leave. But second of all, if you look at every Shane Black movie that he's written, not that he's acted in, because Predator doesn't count. Christmas. You think Trump made it uh, okay to say Merry Christmas again? Boy, howdy. Look at what Shane Black could do. Uh, Iron Man 3, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. The guy fucking loves Christmas. And I I actually uh, engineered a couple interviews with him. And he's he's truly a delight uh, in person. If 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 you like your your presidential candidates slightly curmudgeonly and standoffish, uh, but but eminently entertaining, I got to go with Shane Black. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good idea. I support it. Since since you brought it up, Amy, uh, your your favorite Predator cast member. <laughs> um, I think I might have to revisit it. Um, the last thing I saw Predator related was Liz Stewart's wedding. <laughs> No. I thought you were going to say Joe Biden. So, uh, <laughs> Timon, uh, your your choice for a Predator cast member, presidential candidate, Bill Duke. Mm, Bill Duke. Remember, he took the blade and he was running it down his face. Oh yeah, he broke it. Yeah, scared the shit out of uh, Carl Weathers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Weathers like. Yeah, he's you know showing the blood, all that tough shit. Yeah, real. Yeah, that was that's just a testosterone movie. That's all it was. <laughs> well, and a political breeding ground, apparently. Yes, it was. Well, I think that is uh, that is as good a place as any to uh, to end this week's episode. So I want to thank you guys for being on the panel. Uh, it is always a pleasure to have you all here. So thank you for being on the show. Josh Greenberg, uh, where can people find you online uh, if you so desire? Do you have any uh, comedy stuff coming up that you'd like to tell the people about? Um, just, you know, posting silly memes and such on uh, on the Facebook and the Twitter sometimes. So, uh, yeah, you can check me out there. Uh, 
Josh Greenberg uh, or uh, Mr. Josh Greenberg on Twitter. Excellent. Mr. Josh Greenberg. Well, yeah. thank you there so you much for being here. Looking forward to having you back sometime soon. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Also, always a pleasure. Amy Wittry, so great to have you back. I know you've got a show coming up, and so why don't you tell the people about that and where they can find you online in the meantime. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, in October if the world's back open, but uh, we're performing Once Upon a Kidney at the United Solo Theater Festival in New York on October 25th at 6 p.m., which is a Sunday night, which is almost the anniversary of my kidney surgery. So the timing is quite delightful on that. And uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Amy Wittry and also Once Upon a Kidney. Just assume that those accounts will be populated soon, but I am in charge of them. So there's there's that coming. Right so, on. Yeah, and, and tickets go on sale? Uh, oh, tickets, tickets go on sale mid-May. And then I'll, I will blast it all over the place. You guys will probably hide me. No, we'll we'll be sharing that on the uh, Let's Be Treasonable Thank page. You. So, uh, Thank you. looking forward to that. I know we've got some listeners in New York, so mark your calendars, folks. Uh, Mr. Time and Ship, always a pleasure. Should you so desire, where can people find you online or if you have any comedy stuff coming up in the near future? Uh, time and Ship at Twitter, Time and Ship at Facebook, and Time and Ship at Instagram. You can get my book, uh, My East St. Louis, which is on Amazon.com, as well as my comedy cd uh, universal brother which is uh on itunes as well as spotify right on thank you so much for being here as always me i'm dr david robinson you can find me on the twitter at stand up fall down or on facebook as dr david robinson and next sunday may 10th at 7 30 p.m pacific time i will be appearing online on carol newell's the world's best laugh comedy show on facebook live so follow me on the socials and i will have the information on that there should be a, a great time and a good way to stay in your house but get out of your head for a little bit if you've made it this far into the show you probably already know but it bears repeating that we are on the socials on facebook we are all spelled out let's be treasonable and on the Twitter, we are at L-E-T-S-B-T-R-E-A-S-O-N-A-B-L. We take off the E's and pass the savings on to you, the listener. Speaking of you, the listener, I want to thank you for listening. If you like the show, please tell everyone you know, rate and review us on the platform where you're listening to us. And what the hell, shits and giggles, we got time, there's a pandemic, go to some other platforms where you're not listening to us rate and review us there if you like us if you don't keep it to yourself we won't mind we're cool with that we will be back next week hopefully you will too until then goodbye Bye. Bye.